There was a man that just lost his job, was desperate to find work. And so he goes to his local zoo and he asks for a job. And the zookeeper says, the only thing I have is for you to be a gorilla. And uh, our gorilla just died. We need a replacement. So I have a suit downstairs and we want you to dress up and be a gorilla. Act like a gorilla. And so uh, all you got to do is eat bananas and swing from the rope. And so the man accepts the job. He's desperate. And little by little, the crowd grows. They see this gorilla here, and he gets really excited about that, so he starts swinging on the rope even more. And he swings so far, he loses his grip, and he falls into the lion's den. (laughs) The lion pounces over to him, roars, and the man loses it. He starts screaming, help me, help me. And then the lion says, be quiet. You'll get us both fired. (laughs) See, the difference between a Christian and the man in the gorilla suit is the man was forced into his role that he wasn't suited for. You know, when we talk about spiritual gifts, and today we're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit and spiritual gifts, and sometimes people get the idea that God is up to something in your life. He's going to make you miserable if you surrender your life to him. He's going to give you some kind of job or some kind of duty that you're going to be totally, totally depressed about. And that's just the opposite. It's just the opposite of what God wants to do. He wants to give you exactly what you need to fulfill the purpose that he has planned for you in your life. The Bible says you are his workmanship, you are his masterpiece, you were created in Christ Jesus to do good works which he prepared in advance for you to do. But the only way that you can do them, the only way that you can really fulfill that is to be filled and empowered with the Holy Spirit and then to receive from God the gifts that He has sovereignly given you. The Holy Spirit is a holy spirit. He's not a deceptive spirit. He's not a demonic spirit. He is the Holy Spirit that understands and knows you intimately. He knows how He's going to use you for His kingdom. And He knows that you are going to be uh, the most content and satisfied when you're following his will for your life. So today I want to talk about discovering and using your spiritual gifts because it's so important to understand that. Do you know what your spiritual gifts are? Are you using them? Last week I told you about Jean, my mother-in-law, who fully surrendered her life to Christ, was filled with the Holy Spirit, and was changed and transformed from being an alcoholic and somebody that was mentally ill to somebody that was useful for God. And she discovered gifts of hospitality. She discovered the gifts of help, intercession. She was a real prayer warrior. And then she was, even had the gift of encouragement where she could talk to anybody and be able to encourage them. I think my wife Lori has that same gift. But Jean was somebody that came out of a very difficult background and God transformed her and used her. Now the book of Romans, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12. The book of Romans 
one of the two verses that we're very familiar with are the first two verses in chapter 12. And it says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Don't be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can uh, understand and prove what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we always quote those verses. The Apostle Paul, though, follows up those verses with teaching about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And he follows those up because he understands that you are not going to understand and know the perfect, pleasing, good will of God unless you're connected in a church with other believers who are also using their gifts of encouragement, of love, of wisdom, of knowledge, and they're affecting your life and equipping you so that you can grow up in the Lord and be useful for His work. And so he follows this up, this idea of full commitment and surrender to God being a living sacrifice by talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And that's where we're going to pick it up here. Um, Let's see, do I have my clicker? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, Do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. The Apostle Paul understood that there were no favorites in God's kingdom. Every person was important. Every person was distributed the faith that they needed, but they had to act on that faith. And that's the difference. There's gifts that God has given you, but you have to act on those gifts. You have to be willing to be used by God. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, I want you to be a living sacrifice. I want you to make a full surrender to God. I want you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I want you to receive the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But then you've got to be connected within a church with other believers because then your gifts are really going to be used, discovered, and made even more powerful. You know, I... I'm a football fan, and I'm a big, I grew up in Buffalo, so I'm a big Buffalo Bills fan. And I know you guys don't like it. But I feel for anybody that's a Jets fan, too. I mean, we're in the same place here, guys, because you know who these guys are, right? It's the New England bad patriots. If if you are in the Eastern Division of the football conference, These guys have won 10 times in a row, 16 out of the last 18. So that means you've always lost if you're not a New England Patriots fan. But the thing is, I have to give them some props. I have to to say that they are a good team. And when 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 they're interviewed, they will always give credit not to themselves, but they will always point the credit to their team or to somebody else. They'll say, oh, Tom Brady, you, you just did so fast. It was my offensive line, man. They protected me. They gave me the time that I needed to throw the ball. Or if it was the running back, you know, it was, or if it was the defense, we worked together as a team. And so they have this team unity, and every one of them is important. And that's a picture of what a church should be. It should be a team. 
It should be a family of people, but a team, even like an army of people that are using their gifts and using the talents that they have and the resources they have together to build God's kingdom. And you know, you could be a football fan. I don't, you know, it really gets old after a while, especially if you're a Bills or Jets fan, right? You know, you, you know it's, it's just not happening. I mean, it may. We have this hope that it would change. But if you're on God's team, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of Hades or the gates of hell will not overcome it. To be on God's team, and God's team is what? It's the church. You know, some people I talk to, they say, you know, I don't go to church anymore. I don't believe in the church. The church just, you know, it just really is messed up, man. Every church I've been to, it's so messed up. And I get hurt by it. And I'm telling you, Jesus wants to build the church. And he is committed to build the church. He's committed to build the church in unity. And he's committed to build individuals within the church, but for God's glory. And so when we find differences that happen within the church, and I'm saying it really is true that there are some churches where you can go to and you can be hurt by somebody who thinks they're using their gift, but they really have a gift called judgment and condemnation. And they pick apart everything that's bad about the church. And then pretty soon, you're listening to that person, and it's depressing. And uh, what God wants to do is bring unity, to bring love, to bring His Holy Spirit to be in control of His church. And so that's why I believe Paul was talking about the spiritual gifts and why they're so important. Uh, He said, now, the gifts, about gifts, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. Because a lot of times we can be uninformed about spiritual gifts. We don't even know what they are. What are the spiritual gifts? Are they around for today? Yes, they are. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he uses the gifts within his church to build up the people and then also minister to people that uh, don't even come to church. But he uses the gifts of the Holy Spirit to empower his church to be useful. And and the Apostle Paul said this, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of services, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. And so that's why you can go into a church and things sometimes look different. But it's the same God that's working. Like you can, you can hear somebody uh, preaching and they really connect with you. And that's okay. That's great. Because God uses different people, different methods to get across his message to people. But in the same way, when people come together, it is so powerful if you have ever gotten a word of encouragement spoken to you by somebody in the church when you really needed it. Or when you've been blessed or somebody has served you in such a way that in, that in your greatest time of need, God has used them in your life to build you up. 
And then it equips you then to carry that on and pass that forward to somebody else. And that's how the church works. That's how the Spirit is supposed to be working. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So the Spirit is given so we can bless other people. And the manifestation of the Holy Spirit, the manifestation of the gifts are given so that you can be using those things to bless other people and minister to other people. So if somebody has a gift of encouragement, but they don't use it, how is anybody going to be helped? If somebody has the gift of generosity, but they don't give, then somebody's going to be hurting. And so the Apostle Paul is saying, I want you to use your gifts. There's a variety of, of, a variety of gifts that the, uh, the Holy Spirit gives. But you don't use them. You don't, you don't realize what they are until you begin to serve. You don't discover your gift until you do speak that word to somebody else or you do take that action or you do give generously (coughs) to God's kingdom work. And I found that people discover their gifts when they begin to serve. And when they join a church and when they become part of a church and they begin to then serve together alongside other people that are filled with the Holy Spirit, something tremendous happens. Something tremendous happens. God begins to speak. God begins to work. God begins to do things that you could never do alone, but work together to do even greater. You know, sometimes it's easier to just do things by yourself. Why? Because relationships are difficult. But I believe that's why God puts us in churches. Because we would never meet each other. We would never know each other unless we had come to church here. And we would never have built relationships with one another unless we weren't serving together or helping each other. And that's the miracle of what God does in the church. But then on top of this, he gives these supernatural gifts to us. And these supernatural gifts are exactly what each person needs in their life for the building and the equipping of the church. And so he begins to list the gifts To one, there's given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. The Apostle Paul probably had So many of these gifts. But he still needed to work with other brothers and sisters in order to build the church. I mean, if you think about it, the Apostle Paul had the gift of wisdom. He had the gift of knowledge. He had the gift of healing. He had the gift of miracles. He had the gift of tongues. He had, I don't know if he had the gift of interpretation of tongues, but there were so many gifts that he had. 
And yet he's calling everybody to say, look at, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought to think, but think of yourself with sensible judgment that you need other people in your life. You cannot do the Christian thing by yourself. In fact, when you pray together, mighty and powerful things can happen. When you study God's Word together, the wisdom that you get collectively from studying the Word of God can be a powerful thing in your life. And he says, all these are the work of the one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each one as he determines. Picture uh, three gifts here. A nice big gift here, a medium-sized gift, and a little gift right here. And your name's on the little gift. But it's signed by the Holy Spirit. This gift is given to somebody else, but it's signed by the Holy Spirit. The big gift is given, but it's signed by the Holy Spirit. Now, if you were like my grandchildren and you got the little gift, you're not going to be too happy. But you know what? Within, If that's given by the Holy Spirit and you compare yourself to somebody else that you feel like, oh, they have so many, I wish I was like them. I wish I could do this. I wish I could do that. You're missing out on what God is going to use you as and use you with that he's given you. So the Apostle Paul is saying, look at guys, don't be trying to figure out who's the best, who's the most gifted. It's not about that. It's about collectively using our gifts together and using the strengths that we have to help us each other in their weaknesses. And he understood that. And then he said something like this. He says, you know, if you don't have love when you're using your gift, it's pretty much useless. So he said, even if you are the most gifted speaker, but you don't do it out of love, you're just like a clanging cymbal. If I speak in tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love. And this is, he's talking this right after he's talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He says, look at guys, if you have, if you could speak so many different languages and even the languages of heaven, but if you don't have love, you're only, uh, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. He says, if I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. So he's saying, you know, if you got the big gift or the medium gift or the little gift, it doesn't matter. If you don't have the gift of love through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter how gifted you are. And if I give all I possess to the poor, if I make the greatest sacrifices and I give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. So what's he saying here? Is he saying... Your spiritual gifts don't matter? He's not saying that at all. He's saying your spiritual gifts are so important, but so is love. And if you minister your gifts out of love and the power of love, it can have a tremendous effect. I remember when I was first called into ministry and somebody asked me, and I I told them, I said, you know, I cannot... I cannot move into an area where I, people are different than me. 
because God had called me into the inner city. It was mostly African-American community. And uh, the person said to me, you know what you need, Al? You need the gift of love. Because only the gift of love can cross cultures. It doesn't matter if you speak with a bunch of different languages, but if you don't have love, you're never going to reach people. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter your educational level. But if you don't have be able to communicate to people and you're not going to be able to help people and so that really challenged me because I knew the Holy Spirit was all about love and I knew the Holy Spirit was in me so I knew that he could birth within me the gifts I needed and the love I needed to be able to help people and he did it and he does the same thing with you and I he's able to do that So he says this, he follows this up in chapter 14, he says, So follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially uh, prophecy. So he says, so follow the ways of love, so be committed to love, but also eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit. So ask God for gifts of the Holy Spirit. God, would you give me or help me discover the gifts that you have given me and unpackage them and use them? For your glory, would you teach me that? And God will do that. He says, now I especially want you to have the gift of prophecy. What is prophecy? It's the ability to receive messages from God and give messages to others. So you can have the gift of prophecy, and it can be done in a method of encouragement. You know, so you can you can give encouragement. And it's very similar to the gift of prophecy. It can be also preaching. It can be, but giving the message that God has for somebody else to encourage them, to show them love. And then he compares it to tongues. He says, for anyone who speaks in a tongue does not speak to people, but to God. And indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. So he's talking about this prayer language called tongues that allows you to be able to speak in another tongue an angelic tongue, but it talks directly to God, and it's a gift of the Spirit. But he's saying prophecy is so much better because when you're speaking in a tongue, a prayer language, you're talking just directly to God. It's edifying you, but it's not helping anybody else. And he says it's better. It's even better to be able to help other people. So he's saying don't disregard the gift of tongues. It's, for, it's good but eagerly desire the spiritual gifts, ones that will build others up. The one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. And those are things that we all need. Don't you need more strength, more power in your life? Don't you need more encouragement? Don't you need more comfort? The Holy Spirit can minister to that, that to you through people within the church and that should be happening then he says since you are eager for gifts of the spirit try to excel in those that build up the church so he's saying be a part of the church be a part of serving in the church use your gifts the things that God has given to you and you'll have a sense of contentment and peace in serving and using those gifts that the spirit has given you and anointed you with. But if somebody asks you, 
to dress up in a gorilla costume and be something that you're not, then maybe that's something that you don't have the gift in. You know what I'm saying? Like if somebody tells you to minister and says, you know, we really need you in um, the first grade Sunday school. And you don't like children at all. And you are an extreme introvert. That may not be the gift that you have. But I have seen people volunteer to do into children ministry and they find out that they have the gift of it. And they didn't think they did. But the Holy Spirit at that time anointed them and and gave them the strength for it. There's a gift of mercy. I was talking, I was listening to a pastor the other day, and he was saying, you know, I don't really have the gift of mercy. I don't have any patience with anybody. He was an A-type driven pastor, but he had to do a hospital visit. And before he went to the hospital, he said, Lord, would you give me the gift of mercy today to listen to this person and to communicate to them your love? Why? Because he knew. He didn't have the gift. So we asked God for it. And God gave it to him. So there's times in our lives when we recognize what we need, we ask God for it, and then he uses us in that. So try to excel in those that build up others or build up the church. So he's talking about tongues and he says uh, this, He says, but if an unbeliever or an inquirer comes in while everyone is prophesying, and he's comparing the two gifts, and this is one that builds up other people. If they're prophesying or saying messages from God, and it's from the Holy Spirit, and they're speaking them out, the people that come in, aren't they convicted of sin? They're brought under judgment by all so that the secrets of their hearts are laid bare, so they'll fall down and worship God, explaining, God is really among you. I remember when we were, I uh, was uh, leading a youth group, and we had a lock-in with our youth group, and we went around, and it was like, uh, I don't know, 20 people there. There was 20 people in the youth group. We had a big circle there, and every person, one by one, gave a testimony of what God was doing in their lives. And somebody had invited their friend, and he said he was an atheist. He did not believe in God. He believed in science. Only science. And so he's, he's like really proud of this, that he does not believe in God. In fact, he came to the youth group to convince everybody else that there was no God. And as one by one gave their testimony around the circle, it came to him, and I was wondering what he was going to say. And so it's his turn to speak. And Rick said, I came here to discredit all of your beliefs in God. And he says, but after listening to how personally God has been involved in your life, I want Jesus Christ in my life today. And right then and there, he received the Lord. This guy is, you know, years later, now he's an elder in his church. But God is able, when the gifts of the Spirit are used within a church, people come to know Christ. Lives are changed. People are healed. People are helped, encouraged. 
Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 12, for just as each of us has one body with many members and these members do not all have the same function, not everybody is going to do the same job, not everybody's going to have the same gifting, not everybody's going to have the same position, but we all have the, do not, we don't all have the same function. So in Christ, though many, we form one body and each member belongs to all the others. So there is a sense of saying, man, I am so glad you're a part of this church. I am so glad that um, you came to this church. And the thing is, God brings new people into the church because we are lacking something. So every new person that comes into our church, God is going to gift them with something new, and then God's going to challenge them to use their gifts in the church. And it's going to be a blessing because they're going to be used by God then to reach other people or to help other people, and then the church begins to build itself up and it grows as each one does its work, as each member does its work. So it says here, we have different gifts according to the grace given to us, Romans 12, 6 through 8. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. So if God gives you a message... It takes faith to speak it out. The other day, the other month we were here, and I said, did, did God speak to anybody anything? Remember the communion service we had? And then uh, Ramon stood up, and he shared a word that he felt was from God, and that this is what God had spoken to him. And then he shared it. It was powerful, and it really ministered. To, I, I talked to a few people that that word really ministered to them, it was for them. And they were encouraged by it. And so if your gifts are prophecy or getting messages from God and giving messages, do it. If it's serving, some people just have a gift of serving. They love to serve or they have a ministry of helps. They love to be helping. I don't want to be up front. I want to be in the back, but I want to serve. I want to give me a way to serve. And God can use that in your life. And he's formed you that way. He's gifted you that way. If it's teaching, then teach. If it's to encourage, then give encouragement. If it's giving, then give generously. If it's to lead, do it diligently. If it's to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Yeah, there's nothing more miserable than a Christian who is not filled with the Holy Spirit and is not using their gifts. Because they're out of sync. They're out of alignment. You, have you ever had your back out of alignment? And you throw your back out or something, or you, or you throw, pull a muscle or something? It's painful. It's like, it, it's hard to walk. It's, it's, it's painful. You know, when God brings us into alignment, when God brings a church into alignment, like a body into alignment, then the gifts are released, strength is released, God's wisdom is released, and God uses that. So one other place that it talks about gifts of the Holy Spirit is in a book called First Peter, a letter that Peter wrote. It's also in Ephesians. I haven't covered every gift of the Holy Spirit. There's many gifts. There's like 29 different gifts, but, uh, or even more. Some people even say there's even more than that. But uh, 1 Peter 4, verses 9 through 11, right on the heels of saying, 
deeply love one another because love covers over a multitude of sins, then he talks about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So again, every time in the Bible the gifts of the Spirit are used, they're followed by this gift. The greatest gift is love. And we're supposed to use them with love. Cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to, set, or a place to stay. It's called the gift of hospitality. God has given each of you a gift that, uh, from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. This is the New Living uh, Translation. Do you have gifts of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies. So some people have a gift of just helping others. And you see that. Somebody has a need and they, can, I, can I help you? They'll even use that word. Can I help you? They have the gift of helps. And then empowered by the Holy Spirit, it's a tremendous gift. But it might seem like it's that little gift. I just have the gift of helps. I'm just a little helper. But no, 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 no. God powerfully can use that. Do not think that your gift is less than others. Do with all the strength and energy that God supplies, then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ, all glory and power to Him forever and ever. So what are the action steps? One of them. Begin by asking God to fill you with the Holy Spirit. Give you the spiritual gifts you need to help and serve others. There is a time in our lives, and many times in our lives, when we go through a crisis of feeling like, I'm not being used by God. Why is that? And it may be because there is a need for a filling, a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit in your life. And God wants to, to, for you to discover the new gifts that He's given you or to help you to use the ones that He's given you. Start to become more involved in the local church so you can become equipped to be used by the Lord volunteer to teach, to serve, to give generously, to use your time and your talent and treasure. Be, be, uh, make time in your schedule. I know everybody's so busy, but if we make time in our schedule to serve the body of Christ, it can be refreshing to you. And then God will use you in your place of service, whether you're, uh, you know, we had a career day here on Friday so many different careers that you could be in, but the Holy Spirit can gift you and use you even within your career. Ask leaders to pray for you. And ask those who have served with you as, they, as, as to what they think your spiritual gifts are. You know, when you're working with other people, you may say, you know, I don't, know, I don't think I have any gifts. What do you think my gifts are? And a lot of times, especially uh, leaders... Uh, or people that are, are mature in the Lord, they can recognize your spiritual gifts and communicate that to you. In fact, Paul had a disciple called Timothy, and he was reminding him of the gifts that he had because he forgot about his gifts, or he wasn't using the gifts that God had given to him. God had used him at one time, had, lay, uh, had used Paul to lay his hands on Timothy, and Timothy received a gift of evangelism And the Apostle Paul was saying, I want you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying uh, laying on of my hands. 
I want you to fan it into flame. So sometimes the gifts have been given to us, but they lie lying dormant. And God says, fan it into flame. Fan it into flame. Begin to use it. Begin to pray about it. Ask for God to give you opportunities to use your gifts. And then he says, for the Spirit of God does not make us timid or fearful or shy, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. So the Holy Spirit filling us, giving us gifts, then uses us, gives us opportunities. When you see those opportunities, you take a faithful risk and you step forward and you do them. So use your spiritual gifts. Ask for more. Ask for the love that only God can give. And that's when life becomes more content, more fulfilling. You sense the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in a greater way in your life. So I, I pray that you would, uh, you would press into God, asking Him. Asking Him, Lord, how do you want to use me? What gifts have you given me? How could I use them? Let's pray. Father God, we, uh, I just ask the Lord today that you'd open up our hearts and our minds in a greater way to the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit within us and within our church. Lord, I pray that you would um, begin to help us to discover and use the spiritual gifts that you have given us in a greater way, Lord. We've seen you work and move before, Lord, but we pray that you would expand that and grow that in each of us. And Lord, that you'd do something new and real and powerful in our lives so that we would know you and be able to follow you and be used of you for your kingdom work. Ever you lead us, however you want to use us, Lord. We ask that you'd have your way. We pray this in Jesus' name.